All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to the DFO Rundown Podcast with Frank Saravalli and Jason Greger on dailyfaceoff.com. Welcome to episode 268 of the DFO Rundown brought to you by Botano.ca. I'm Jason Greger, of course, uh, Botano, our title sponsor, and uh, your place to uh, watch games. 19 televised NHL games, across nationally televised games. Uh, this week, of course, Tuesday, Thursdays continue to be busy. You got the national championship if you like it tonight and NFL playoff, the super wild card weekend is coming up. So lots to have fun out at patano.ca as we welcome in Frank Saravalli. Frank, how you doing? Good. Don't even ask me about the Eagles. Okay. <laughs> just, oh, just folded like a cheap tent in a oh soft my. wind. Oh my goodness. Yeah. They are brutal. Right now. And I don't even think they should be that bad, but whew, they are playing terrible. So, and now they're hurt they're, They, they leave a game that meant nothing more injured than they were, which just defies logic. <laughs> well, Hey, you know what you think about the NFL, man, there's lots of teams who are like, I'm not sure how good they are. So, um, you know, San Fran to me, I still think is a class of the, uh, of the league, but Come playoff time, anything can happen. So it'll be uh, it'll be fun. I love playoffs. Doesn't matter the league. So uh, the NHL, of course, uh, we got a long ways to go before the playoff, but uh, we're into January, and I think that the playoff race is beginning right now, and it's it's going to be a lot of fun. It's much closer than we saw last year. Last year at this time, we knew all eight teams in the East, and that definitely won't be the case uh, this season. Um, we'll get to the playoffs and teams in a sec, but of course, the big story is uh, 
William Nylander's on the verge of signing a contract, Frank. Sounds like it's going to be uh, eight years, uh, $11.5 million. Sounds like the uh, the AAV for Nylander. What are your thoughts? $92 million. Full no-move clause throughout. Massive signing bonus. It's the fifth highest. It's the richest contract in Toronto Maple Leafs history. But next year, we'll give William Nylander the fifth highest cap hit in the NHL. And look, when you when you consider that the Leafs have the highest cap hit in the NHL next season with Austin Matthews, so you've got a bunch of guys in the top 10, John Tavares, 8, Mitch Marner, 10. You've got four in the top 10 now. And I... Personally, don't think that the Nylander contract significantly changes the, the Leafs cap structure. Basically, what you're doing is taking all of the $4.5 million projected increase and handing it right to William Nylander. And you're keeping the rest of your team intact. Obviously, minus some of the guys that are going to be leaving through free agency. My thing is, with the fifth highest pay, fifth highest cap hit in the league for the guy who is having an unreal year, but it was 20th in the league in scoring last year. If you were to start a league now and draft all the players, where would William Nylander get selected and how far outside of the top five would that be? Oh, I don't think he'd be in the top 10. I don't, I'm not sure he'd be in the top 20. Yeah, like I'm not. I'm just all I'm saying is I think they're buying at the absolute ceiling of the player, which I understand that's how market economics work. It's just that for a team that hasn't accomplished anything yet and has had a core together for a significant period of time, I would need to see more. And it's not necessarily from him. It's it's just that I, I don't I don't think William Nylander is the fifth best player in the league and i don't really think he's even in the conversation well it to me I, I look at toronto and and i understand the need to sign william nylander and you know if william nylander was going to get 10.5 or or 10.75 and you're like are we going to walk away from a player losing for nothing over 750k so i get why a team says okay well we're not willing to do that sure but, but they were thinking he was going to be south of 10 before this season started yeah like, they were thinking like nine seven five maybe 10 if, if you really had to push. And then he comes out and has his best career season. And now he's earned himself an additional somewhere between, I don't know, 10 to 15 million bucks. Yeah. And good for him. Like he's having a great year. He's earned it. No question. He's been their most consistent player. However, like I, I look at small little details and I'm like, why is William Nylander getting, and this contract was signed within the last 12 months, why is he getting more than David Pasternak, who is historically a better goal scorer and a better point producer? Why? That's, that's, and, and, and Pasternak doesn't, um, like, without Bergeron now, he has, look at his production, still pretty darn good. Like, I just, I, I know it's, people say, well, Gregor, it's only 250K. And I'm like, yeah, sure, right? And some will say, well, the cap's going up. Everybody knew the cap was going up. And guess what? Next season, William Elander in the first year of his deal 
his cap hit percentage-wise is going to be more of the 87.7 than Pasternak, who's only in his second year. Like, we're talking one year. I could see... Yeah, he just signed this deal in March. It's not like it was two or three years old. No, exactly. Pasternak... I so Pasternak had 43 even strength goals last year. Just even, even strength. Though- Nylander's career high is 40. Like on what planet could you possibly make the argument that Nylander should be getting even matching Pasternak, let alone exceeding him? So I, I you know, I like to look at it to me, if, if you're trying to do analysis and on the player, so I don't go too far back. So I'm just like, cause you know what? Some guys, William Nylander's last few years are becoming his best years. That's fair. But in the last two and, and this season, right? So from the, uh, from the start of the 22 season, 21, 22 till now, two and a half years, Pasternak has 30 more goals and he has more points. And yet Nylander, who's having a good year this year, I understand. But why is that suddenly worth so much more? Like, and by the way, Pasternak still today actually has one more point than William Nylander, right? So I, I sometimes I just look at it and be like, as an owner, I'd say, hey, guys, William Nylander's camp, I understand everything you want. Tell me why I should pay you more than David Pasternak. Just tell me why. That, uh, that'd be a question I would ask in the negotiations. Yeah, I would say... Um... I don't have an answer. And, and, mm-hmm. and I think their response would be, well, if you don't pay it, someone else will. And I, would I they? think what that that's, I'm, I'm just, I'm not saying they would, I'm saying that's what the Nylander camp would respond with is like, okay, if you don't want to pay it, we'll leave. Remember, this is a guy that was willing to miss an entire season before to get an RFA deal done under Kyle Dubas five years ago. So you're not necessarily dealing with, uh, a player who hasn't, you know, walked that line before. My thing is, if you hear the player say publicly, which he has multiple times, that he can't envision playing anywhere else, put like, not not saying put the screws to him because he's still going to be a very wealthy man, but draw a hard line in the sand and say, look, we love you, we want to keep you, but the difference between eighty million. And 92 isn't going to change your life at all on this contract alone when you've already made a significant chunk on your first one. It really isn't. All really what it's going to do is inhibit or prohibit the team from winning. Well, and and that's my question. When you know, people will say, Well, you got to get the most, do you? Do you really like think about it? As you said, Frank, 92 to 80 million dollars, it's not going to change your life in one iota at all. And but you know what will change your life is having playoff success. That's a fact. It'll emotionally change your life. You have great memories. You think about it forever, and it's going to be different. No one ever talks about the guys who who who, were, who played on good teams and didn't win, right? They, you know, you, you don't really have reunions twenty five years for finishing second, right? Like you just don't. It's it's different. Everybody talks about the bond that's created when you win a cup, and I know. See, well, the odds of winning are low. You're right, but you lower your odds. When Tavares, Marner, Matthews, Nylander, none of them have ever, ever, like they're all always getting max contracts. Like, would anybody else have signed John Tavares for 11 million? Like maybe the Islanders, but I mean, like if William Nylander became a free agent this summer, how many competitive teams, because maybe a bad team at the bottom would sign him for 11-5. But how many would, as you as you said, when you look at all the numbers and you don't have the emotional attachment, would you do it? 
So now I, I have said, I like Nylander. I resigned him, but I would have tried to negotiate with him to get less than 11.5. That's all. I don't mind the term even. Cause I don't, I think he'll age fine, but I, I just think Toronto is always paying at the highest premium for everybody. So what does that say? So now we've had. Except Morgan Riley. I think Morgan Riley probably got, you know, probably a little bit below what he could have maxed out at. Mm. I I would, I think that deal is, is going to be problematic in the not so future. Okay. Okay. Um, he doesn't run. He, he, they've made it clear that he shouldn't be running their number one power play. Like they brought in John Klingberg and they previously had other people take over the number one power play because they didn't think that it runs best with him running it. You, so anyway, that's besides the point. What, so what does this say about the Leafs core? Are they, I don't want to take this a bridge too far, but just re- parsing through what you're saying, do you think this makes them a group of money hungry individuals? Well, I don't want to go that far. Like, I just, is I it look- that one guy gets paid, then the, then the next guy gets paid. And so then Nylander's going, well, hold on a second. I made way less than Marner and Matthews. I, I got to be in the, and I made way less than Tavares. I got to be in that category. Yeah, and I can understand competitiveness, but what does this mean for Marner now? Is Marner going in there and saying, well, if William Nylander got 11.5 and I'm already making just under 11, well, I should be up to 12 and a half. Right? Like, what's his next contract looking like for a, for a small winger who's not a goal scorer? Right? Like, I'll be, I'll be fascinated to see. I think it's a tough spot because you don't like losing those players for nothing. I get it. You don't want them to walk in free agency. I think but- the play would in had it gotten to this point and it's a number that you feel uncomfortable about, which clearly the Leafs don't that the play would have been to trade him last summer when Brad tree living first walked in the door. Yeah. Well, I think at the time, Frank, like you said, I think they probably thought, Hey, we'll get Nylander 9.5 and that would yeah. be a really good contract. I think that was Coming off of an 80, what was it, 88 points? Coming off an 88, 87-point year and 40 goals, 9.5 was probably, uh, you know, oh, what a, what a little unrealistic. What did Kachuk sign for? Yeah, but that's, see, here's the crazy thing about NHL economics is that Matthew Kachuk at 9.5 is actually netting more money in his pocket than Nylander will at 11.5. It's all it's all state and federal tax. So Kachuk nets more at nine five than Nylander does at eleven five. It's crazy. Yeah. Um when I look at so yeah, like next year, I just you look at, at different at different players and 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 where they're gonna come in. And so yeah, he'll be tied with Carlson at fifth, right? And just ahead of Pasternak. Um you know, there's guys who are who are really good deals on the on the on the cap hit for sure. And I, I think Nylander will be a fine player. I just don't think anybody's gonna look and say, hey, you know what? They're getting extra value on their contract. That's all. It's 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 ne- it will never be a value contract at yeah. any point. I don't care how much he scores. Yeah. This this right here, as good as he's been, this is his ceiling. What do you think, Marner? Then, like, what do you think in that negotiation? Is he, is he how much higher is he than Nylander? Well, based on this year, I'm I'm not sure any higher. 
Well, what? Yeah, but what if what if we're talking this time next year and Mitch Marner has fifty three points in thirty six or thirty seven games? Right? Does he look and say, "Well, now I get more"? Like that's that's always the challenge for them. So they got skill, I, though. There's no doubt about that. Where I come out is how is the team going to win? How are they going to make this team successful? And so I mentioned before what the blueprint looks like. You take the four and a half million that the cap increases this summer and you hand it to Nylander. You've got TJ Brody coming off the books, Domi, Bertuzzi. Yes, you have your goaltending situation to figure out, but you've essentially got one year to bite your teeth, you know, bite your tongue and, and get through it with John Tavares, the last year of his deal at 11. So then fast forward two summers, Tavares, he'll be up. My guess is you could probably get him to sign a deal for a, that's a hometown discount. Let's just call it $6 million a year, something like that. You keep Tavares at six. That gives you five additional million dollars that summer, plus another four and a half or five that the cap increases. And you can see from the Leafs front office perspective as to why you think you can build around a team with four players making that much money. Oh, it's valid. And the other thing is that uh, Muzzin's, Murray and Klingberg will all come off the books. So they might actually not start a season in LTIR which can help you when you want to accrue cap space. And, I, and I'm a big believer that that helps teams for sure come the trade deadline. So, you know, that, that is a, a big benefit. It's not, you know, obviously it's a big benefit to ownership because that's another 14 million. You're not paying to players. Right. So that helps, but um, yeah, goaltending and goaltending is voodoo, man. Like look at Marty Jones, Marty Jones, is absolutely killing it right now for Toronto. Who, who knows how long it's sustainable or not, but I, I uh, would keep the goaltending going exactly as it is Jones and then bring up, Joe Wall, when he's healthy again, see how the ankle reacts. I don't know if you saw it, but Sportsnet had a stat over the weekend that if you take Ilya Samsonov's play out of it, yeah. the Leafs have the best save percentage in the league. Wow, that's that might have been the worst stat I've ever seen. Hey, let's take out our 15 worst games, but leave everybody else's 15 worst games in, and then we'll compare it. Like, come on. <laughs> okay, I get what you're saying, but they also got points in 11 of the 13 games that he played. So All 15, I, started 15, 15, 11 of the 13 decisions. Right. I mean, that's, it goes to show you that a lot of their issues this year have been goaltending. Here, here's my thing. And this is, this is, I think the most important question of all that we've talked about with the Leafs right now, today, are the Leafs a Stanley cup contender? Yes. Without question. Why? Well, because I look in the East and outside of the Rangers, like could, could Toronto beat Boston in the playoffs? Yes. Can they beat Tampa Bay in the playoffs? Yes. Could they beat Florida? Yes. Now, could they lose to all of them? hundred percent. But I think to me, I look at, I don't see any dominant teams. I look at Toronto and you're right about, you know, they had some shoddy goaltending earlier. Um, I, I still, and, they, and the other thing that Toronto will give them credit for that they played through some bad injuries on their blue line. And, and they had a lot of blue line guys like Benoit has really stepped up. I'm not sure there was a lot of people that thought he would play as well as he has. And uh, even he said it himself. Uh, I don't know if you saw that video, Frank, when they gave him the belt, he's like, well, I can't score any goals, but I can play physical. Like he knows his role and okay. he brings an element to their blue line. And, and they've had a lot of guys step up. And so I think when their blue line's healthy or they make an acquisition, nope. yeah, I do think Toronto's definitely a contender. Uh, for the, I think Toronto's one of the top eight teams in the league, and so to me that puts them as a contender. I disagree. 
Uh, they may standings wise, they may be there. They may have, you know, played moderately well based on where they're at. But I'm sorry, um, I don't care how much above his head he's playing. This defense core, to me, th- this is not the makings of a true, authentic Stanley Cup contender. It just isn't. I, I'm. It's not even close. So I'm. I'm not saying will they be at the end of the year. They very well may be with the surgery that Brad True Living does with John Klingberg's LTIR money, with potentially the money if you move off of Ilya Samsonov, if you don't bring him back. That could be seven million dollars right there that you have to go out and, and acquire pieces. I think the best thing the Leafs could do is not just go out and get one guy or two guys, get three guys to overhaul your back end, which they could do for $7 million bucks if you retain. But I'm sorry, right now, they're not, not in my cup contender circle. See, but that's why I have them in there, because despite that, no, no, they're, no, no. Still, I didn't they're still ask winning. You that. I said where they are right now. Yeah. You're saying well, as what, currently constituted, you think that defense core can win a cup? Well, no, but I think they have this. They, they're they're going to make moves. Okay, so, but I, that's not what I'm asking you. I, I said they could get there. I said right now, are they? If they entered the playoffs without making any moves with this defense core, can they win? Well, they can. It would be they'd be a long. They'd be more. They wouldn't be a favorite for sure. They wouldn't okay, be one well, of the top. Are four they? Teams. Are they a contender then? Yeah, I think you're a contender. Because when you're in, I, I keep my circle small. Mine's like six teams, and that's it. Yeah. For cup contender status, if if you're okay. branching out to eight or ten, like we're talking more than half the playoffs here. Yeah, but at count. the start of the year, hey, whoa, whoa, whoa! At the start of the year, you had ten. I was arguing I only had eight. Uh, okay, but I've changed. Okay, I've changed well, my that's mind. Fair. That's it's a fair. small circle, and if you're not okay. in it, so who's in your circle then today? Today? Yeah. I got the Rangers. Yeah. I got the Avs. Okay. Stars. Okay. Kings. Panthers. And I'm going to throw in the Carolina Hurricanes. Six. You don't have the Jets? The first place team in the league. They got a really good goaltender. They got good balance scoring. They got a sound defense score. Um, the Edmonton Oilers, uh, like the, I don't I, know. I, I, I've got Jets and Oilers right there, but. And I still, I cannot, Vegas is decimated by injuries. When they're healthy, I still, Vegas. Yeah, it's, 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 this is subject to change. Yeah. But right, I, I, look, the Jets run that they've been on is super impressive. But I think the Jets are the third best team in their division. Look at, I don't know, man. Okay. No, but see, it's funny. Look at Colorado. Tell me how they're going to win with their goaltending. And the fact that they give up chance after chance after chance. They're almost unbeatable at home. Sure. They have Nathan McKinnon who might win the MVP. Yeah. But what about goaltending? They're, first of all, their goaltender has a sub 900 today, Frank, and he's going to have zero left when the season starts because they're running him into the ground. Uh, I, I, but why? So, so you're you're taking them out due to goaltending? No, no, no. I'm saying I'm saying why are they clearly better than the Jets? That's all. Like who has better goaltending? No, Winnipeg. the Jets. No, no one. That's it. Yeah, like no, but Winnipeg has better goaltending than Colorado for sure, and. 
I, I, hey, I love McKinnon and Rantanen, but when I look at Colorado right now, what defense core are you taking? Abs or Jets? I probably take yeah abs when they're healthy, yeah, okay. but not the way they're playing team defense right now. That's the thing. That's what I don't fine. understand. Okay, in Colorado. Which, which forward group are you taking? Jets or abs? Right now, the Jets top to bottom. No. The, the abs have the best player for sure, but the Jets forward group is better overall. I, I love the scoring by committee that the Jets have done. The number of double digit goal scorers, the depth has been has been good. I think the Jets are really missing high end talent. And maybe sometimes the collective is better than the individual. Well, you know what? Um, I'd say this, Frank. If the like, look who Colorado lost to in the playoffs last year. A team that was deep, didn't have the top end talent, but lost because they had better scores top to bottom mm-hmm. for one series. Right? Like, I think Colorado has to, I think Colorado, like the two, three, I don't think Dallas, like Dallas and Colorado, who knows if they'll face each other, but I, if I'm those two teams, I really want to finish first because I don't want to face the Jets in the first round. I think Winnipeg would be a real, I don't know if Winnipeg can go four rounds deep, right? Because they might run into the Carolina situation. I think that's fair comment about lacking, but in the first round, oh, I think the Jets could be a killer. And also I look at the LA Kings. I don't see how you have the Kings ahead of the orders I don't, or ahead of the Jets. Like LA to me had a good start. LA's mean, and like, I don't, I don't love, like the Kings are good, but I, I'm not trusting um, them come playoff time. I don't think they have the depth. Huh. Like that trade, that trade. I think they have the depth. I, I think I like their, I really like their structure. I think it's really translatable to the playoffs. Yeah. Again, though, I look at the jets. Do they have, or sorry, the Kings, do they really have a high end offensive guy? Like Kopitar is great, but he's not elite offensively. Right. That's well, I should, I think LA, as long as they don't match up to Edmonton, they're fine. But because they don't, they can't match Edmonton's top two guys. That's They've been proven. Got three eighty-point scorers, like what? Yeah, what but that, that's not one hundred and twenty. Okay, Edmonton had four eighty-point scores last year. The Jets are going to have one. Yeah, if they're lucky. Oh no, I think the Jets, like I said, going deeper in the playoffs could be a problem for them. But I look at Colorado. I think Colorado right now, Nathan McKinnon is masking a lot of issues in Colorado. I think he's playing so great, and you're right. Right now, today, he's the leader for the heart, but he's covering up for a lot of errors on the rest of that team. Like, you look at how many high-danger chances they give up, and then their goaltender, A, they play him too much, and B, I don't think he's capable of uh, of being a guy. Like, Vasilevsky, if, if you get into a run-and-gun game of high-danger chances, he can stop it. But I'm not sure George, uh, Gorgiev is that guy. Like, I... I'm, I think Colorado's really got to – now, maybe it's just midseason and they're like, whatever, the loosey-goosey, but they got to tighten up defensively. Like, it's surprising to me how many how many high-danger chances they give up. And what about the Stars? I like I like Dallas. My I love their defense. Da- yeah. They've got top-end talent. They've got an elite goalie. Although Audrey isn't hurt. playing elite this year. His save percentage is like 900. He's – yeah, but he's he's also missed a chunk of time too. Yeah. Well, Wedgwood I'm might just, be the best backup in the NHL, like pure backup. So, do the like if you were to if you were to authentically rank Central Division teams, you're going Jets one today. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, today 
Like he's like lots can change. If 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 some teams, you know, you get a, a serious injury like Vegas, when Vegas is healthy, I would rank them different than where I'd rank them today. Right. And then what about Vancouver? Where do you rank them? I think they're a couple pieces away. I I think they could be in that circle. They could be in contender status, but I think they're still too incomplete to get there. Cause man, the one thing that they have is they have an elite goalie. They got an elite defense they and they got the elite boxes. forwards. They got all the, like, I think Vancouver is, um, I know lots of people have kind of been waiting for them to tail off, but they're not showing any signs of it. They're, um, they're not going anywhere. Their biggest thing is what happens with Kuzmenko. I think they have to figure that situation out. Healthy scratch five times already this year was nearly an 80 point and 40 goal scorer last year. If if you're not, if he doesn't fit into your plans and you're mm-hmm. constantly jamming a square peg in a round hole with, with Rick Tockett, I think you have to cut bait. Get the five and a half million bucks and and utilize it. Don't let this year pass with an incredible opportunity that you have of Thatcher Demko at the peak of his powers, along with Quinn Hughes and Elias Pettersson. Don't don't let this year like don't think that oh because we haven't been in and haven't had playoff success that we can't be one of those teams that gets through and gets to the Cup final. I just think looking at the West and and how absolutely murderous it is. I mean, think about all the teams that we just talked about. Van, Vegas, LA, Edmonton on one side, Winnipeg, Colorado, Dallas, and throw in Nashville Nashville. or Arizona. Yeah. I mean, tell me, aside from whoever finishes in the second wildcard spot, Minnesota maybe, tell me who's the easy out? Who's the mark? No. That's it. You got one easy matchup in the first round. And I'm telling you this year, it is a legitimate accomplishment to get to the second round. Oh yeah. hundred percent. And please, for the love of God, do not have a crossover. The ideal oh matchup. Are we going to do this every goddamn time? saying, man. But Van- Vancouver, Edmonton, LA, Vegas, those would be the two best matchups. When you look at stylistic, the Kings versus Vegas, they pound big, strong, heavy teams. And then Vancouver and Edmonton, lots of skill. Oh, those would be two unreal series to watch. No, I mean, there's not going to be a bad series anywhere, I don't think. Yeah, like, hey, finishing first, the number one seed, as you mentioned, Frank, to get that second wild card spot, that's the massive advantage. Like, I, I could see teams saying, you know what? I don't want to rest, guys, if we're battling for the number one overall seed in the Pacific because you just outlined it. I think there's seven teams. And then there's a big gap between number seven and number eight. So I answered the question, who is in your circle for contender status? Well, honestly, this year, like those seven teams in the West, I don't see one that's like a clear weak team. But I don't you, look you, at- that, that can't be the answer, though, because then you're talking about seven eighths of the bracket on one side being in your contender status. No, no, I'm not saying contender. I'm just saying it's difficult to try to. That's how close it is to separate it. And this year in the playoffs is um, to pick which one of those. Because then you have to look at stylistic matchups. I think some teams match up better against others. We've seen that in the past, right? Um, Ask Toronto fans. Boston, they don't match up well against them. They get close, but they never beat them in the playoffs. And I look at, so to me, a lot of it's going to come down to who you're matching up against in the first round. I think that's going to play a big part. And, you know, like you look in the East, 
Like in the East, Frank, you can look and say, okay, there's seven teams in the West. You're pretty competitive. In the East, there's I think maybe, it's wide. It's wide open. Yeah, like there's maybe five: the Rangers, Bruins, Panthers, Hurricanes, and Leafs. The Flyers, no. The Islanders, no. The Devils are too banged up, no. Capitals, Red Wings, Lightning, and Penguins. Like if they get in, I guess they got experience. But come on, like so. I just think the West is way deeper, one through seven for sure. But that and might open good. up a that might open up a window where the teams in the West just beat the tar out of each other, and you've got the East that comes in maybe not as bruising and and beats the West in the final. Possibly, right? Um, I look at honestly, I think Frank, the biggest wild card that I can't predict is going to be health. Which team is healthy? But come you could say time? that every year. Yeah. No, no, but I think because so, like some years. There's always upsets. We saw it last year. Boston had the greatest regular season ever and then couldn't get it done in the playoffs, right? Even with the 3-1 series lead and a 3-1 lead in game seven. So that's what makes the playoffs great. It's unpredictable. I don't think any of us would have picked them to uh, to lose to a team that had 92 points and might not even got in if Pittsburgh hadn't soiled the sheets against Chicago. So um, the sheets. I look at uh, um, this year in the playoff, and I really believe it. Like, you got to – if you're healthy coming in the playoffs – for this, like some years, you know what? Like if Boston had one injury at their, you know, a top four defense, when people would have said, yeah, they're good enough, they'd overcome it. But let's say you're, you know, pick Colorado. Obviously, if one of the top three guys in any team is out, but I think if you have a key injury to a, a third line center on one of these teams, and now all of a sudden you have a big weakness against the other team's third line, right? That's why it's going to be fun. And I'm I'm curious as we get to the deadline, how aggressive are we going to see GMs in the West trying to match each other? Cause they're so close already. Cap mm. hits going to be cap space is going to be a, a factor in it, but you know, like I look and you mentioned, you know, Samsonoff, like a $2.4 million cap hit, Frank, I could see a team saying, you know what? We would take a shot on this guy. If Toronto's willing to trade him. Oh, they're willing to trade him. Yeah. Like a 2.4 mil for the rest of the year. So what is it? What's that cap hit now? Like it's about 1.2, give or take, right? So half the season's already close by. Like that's that's an intriguing one. Like I know right now he looks lost, you, but you would take a flyer on him? I wouldn't. No, but teams have in the past. And I think t- a team that has a good starter might do it because it's not going to be that expensive. And if they're looking for depth to say, hey, you know what? We want a backup. Like look at Vegas. Vegas won the cup with essentially the guy who was their four stringer. I I get it. I just Aiden Hill had the pet, like some pedigree though. And I know Samsonov was a first round pick and, you know, had a great year last year, but he looks utterly lost. Yeah. But as we've seen from goaltenders, Guys, I don't understand it. And obviously it's clearly a lot of it can be, can be mental. And maybe sometimes it's one or two technical changes, but we've seen lots of goalies like Marty Jones had four straight years, Frank of sub 900 four. And now all of a sudden he's like nine twenty five. He's crushing it. Like goalies are for anybody out there that can accurately predict at the start of the year, man, I tip my hat to you You're because it is the biggest wild card, the biggest wild card in the league. Good luck. Yeah. Good luck. Let's uh, let's bring in uh, Tyler Uremchuk. What's going on, gentlemen? Back with another edition of Fill in the Blank. It is delivered by 
DoorDash for for a limited time. Our Canadian listeners can get 25% off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when they download the DoorDash app and use the promo code NATION25. I used DoorDash last night, and sometimes just when you go into the app, they got promo codes built in for you. I got 40% off last night just for getting the food delivered to my house. Download the DoorDash app today. Um, and I was sitting there watching my Buffalo Bills. Frank, you're not feeling good about your Eagles. I'm flying high this morning. Let's go. You should. I mean, that was a heck of a win last night. The Dolphins, for all the injuries and banged up as they've been, they actually looked pretty good. Yeah, it was a, it was a good football game. Uh, the big hey, story... You know Steelers, man, that's going to be a tough, tough matchup for the Bills. The good news Come is Watt's on. probably out. The Steelers are a bunch of weenies. Mason oh. Rudolph? Come on. Come on. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you right now, if Josh Allen keeps turning the ball over as often as they do, they ain't going deep in the playoffs. That's just a fact. <laughs> how, how juicy would it have been, though, had the Bills lost and it was Bills-Dolphins again next week? Yeah, that would have been pretty sick. I bet you the league was certainly uh, hoping for that one. Um, all right, let's get into the big hockey story from the weekend. Connor Bedard's injury. Um, I'll start with this one before I actually give you a fill in the blank one. I've watched the hit a bunch of times. I don't see anything dirty. Frank, was that a clean hit in your eyes? I think so. I think it was just unfortunate. I mean, a pretty typical hockey play that I think. Um, I don't even think it's anyone's fault. I don't think there's anything too aggressive on the side of, of the defenseman making the hit. I don't think Bedard could have done that much better to brace himself. I just think it almost kind of looked innocuous for that to end up being a fractured jaw. If that makes any sense. Like I watched it over and over and over again. I mean like, man, fractured jaw that it's just some, that it sucks. It's brutal. And then you throw in all the other issues and injuries the Blackhawks have had. It's the, the one guy keeping people coming to the to the rink, 19,900 again at United Center. That's the guy they're coming to see, so it's hard. Greg's yeah, anything it, with that? I have no issue with the hit, and I respect Luke Richardson right afterwards saying, hey, there's nothing wrong with that hit. It's, uh, it, was a, it, was a, it was a clean hockey play. It's unfortunate. You know, I think Bedard gets put a little bit off balance because of the, the, the uh, you know, when he went around the devil, who I can't remember right beforehand, and then he just kind of got off balance, and Smith hits him, and you know, it's just unfortunate. There's nothing more to say about it. It's, hockey's a fast game. It does show you, though, when you say how I think the the hits in hockey are harder than we think. Because you think about the contact, and that's direct. Obviously, it got him right in the right part of the jaw. But sometimes you'll be like, oh, that doesn't look like it's that hard. I think the hits in the game, the guys are so fast, they're probably a lot more impactful than we realize. Just a, a quick update, too. Um the Blackhawks are still finalizing medical plans for Bedard. It's not entirely sure yet one way or the other, whether he needs surgery to repair it, but it's looking right now like he's probably going to miss all-star weekend, which is pretty unfortunate for the league too. So we'll see if he ends up showing up to all-star weekend. Uh, but it seems like right now the plan is to miss that probably looking at somewhere between a six to eight week time frame. So let's say it's in that six to eight week time frame. Time frame. Here's your first fill in the blank question. There is a blank percent chance that Connor Bedard still wins the Calder Trophy. Jason. Ooh. Hey man, Brock Faber and Luke Hughes. You know those guys. I think they'd be. It's closer than you think even right now. Brock Faber, when you break down his numbers for a rookie defenseman at Minnesota, is to play 24 minutes a night. The Wild are plus 12 when he's on the ice, five on five. They're minus two when he's off of it. He plays a lot of minutes. 40% of his ice times against elite players. Like, my goodness, that guy is great. So, no, I think, I think Bedard, depending how long it is, Frank was saying maybe six to, 
you know, four to six, eight weeks, like the longer it goes, the harder it is. Keep in mind, Nugent Hopkins didn't win when he was tied for Landeskog in points, despite missing 20 games that the voters decided, well, you know, games matter. And I can understand that. So Connor McDavid didn't win it, even though everybody knew he was the best player, but didn't play enough. So a lot of it's going to come down to how, how long Bedard's out. Then how does he play when he returns? But also, you can't overlook Hughes and, and, and Favor playing defense and what they're doing. That's huge. Yeah, for me, the guy would immediately be Brock Faber and the impact that he's having with all the injuries Minnesota has had to just what they've asked him to do and how well he's played, how much of a beast he's been. It's not just minutes. Those are impactful, important minutes, almost 25 a night. It's been incredibly impressive for Brock Faber. Uh, So he'd be at the top of my list, but I'm not ready to say yet that Bedard is, is not going to be the guy like what he's done to this point, almost a point per game without really any help. Like I, I, this is kind of the same argument we had during Connor McDavid's rookie year. I don't think there's any question about who the best rookie is, but the award is for the best rookie season. And that part might be different, but there's still a chance that if he plays 60 plus games, that it'll probably, it could be clear that Bedard is still having the best rookie season on top of being the best rookie. Uh, So my second question for you guys was the biggest threat to win the Calder is blank, but I think we've covered that with, uh, with Brock Faber, but how about some love to Marco Rossi, another Minnesota wild rookie. He's second in points, second in goals, only three goals behind Connor Bedard. He's having a hell of a year as well. Uh, did either of you actually answer the question and give me a percent chance that Bedard still wins the Calder? Uh, I'm going to say 35. <laughs> I'm going to say 55. All right. So a little bit higher, a little higher. I don't mind that. Uh, so we'll zip ahead then to the third one I have for you. Uh, Zach Hyman over the weekend picked up another hat trick. It is his third hat trick of the season. Him and Austin Matthews both have three. Uh, an interesting little nugget I just happened to pull up. There have been 48 hat tricks so far this season in the NHL. Eight of those total hat tricks happen in games involving the Edmonton Oilers. 16.6% of the hat tricks scored this year have either been scored by an Oiler or scored on the Oilers. Stamkos, Besser, a bunch of guys have them. Uh, but I want to ask you guys about Zach Hyman. He's on pace for 56.9 goals if he plays the remainder of the regular season. Zach Hyman will finish the year with blank goals, Jason. 51. Oh, I was going to say 51. Price is I'll right. I'm going to say 52. <laughs> no, I'm going to say 52. I think he's got another hat trick in him. I thought, honestly, when you were shaping the question, I thought you were going to say Zach Hyman is the best free agent signing in the salary cap era. True or false. And I would, there's really only one Frank. It's a good thing you brought that up. Cause uh, to me, the only guy that I think is better is Alex Petrangelo. Ooh, I I think there's a few candidates. I think Artemi Panarin has been worth quite literally every penny. He's on track for his fifth 90-plus point season, and some of those, you had some shortened seasons. He had 95 points in 69 games in his first year. He... he, He's changed the Rangers. They were in the rebuild. They sign him, and... That's a good one. I, I mean, tell me that he hasn't been worth it. No, no, he's worth Petrangelo, it. Like, but, you think but Petrangelo is, that's a, I mean, it's a good one. I just, I think that's going to be a really painful contract by the time it gets to the end. Yeah, and maybe that's fair, right? Panarin's a really good one. But if you look at what he's getting paid, Frank, 
has he overproduced to what his value of his contract is? Yeah, I think he has. Hmm. I, I mean, I think it's in, like I think he's been way overlooked for the heart this year. I agree. Tell me how many more impactful players have there been to their team than Panarin to the Rangers? Maybe Kucherov. Well, if we're McKinnon talking for sing- sure. singular impact, yeah, McKinnon is in the. But I'm saying somewhere Panarin's in your top five. Yeah, I know Panarin's up there for sure. And for a guy that's always been a huge assist guy, he's going to crush his single season goal scoring mark. He's already at 25. His his previous high is 31. 32. He had 32 in 69 games. He's got 25 already. They're not even at the halfway mark of the season. I'm trying to think how many more impact like there we can we, we took for we do a whole pod on the worst free agent signings. <laughs> Hyman relative to, you know, surplus value is there for sure. But I don't, I'm just coming up with a list of really good ones is a lot harder. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, the, the Who else would ones, be in the category? Um, Linus Allmark was a, was a good signing. for but The only negative for Allmark is in his two playoff appearances in 22 and 23, he has a sub 900 save percentage. So I, that's the, although you don't get paid in the, in the playoffs, but that'd be the one thing, you know, for 5 million bucks though, he has been a, he's been an excellent uh, addition to your team. There's no negative about it really. You know, you have to nitpick to the playoff, but cause I was looking this up like Petrangelo, because you win a cup and he's playing all those minutes. And I look at, look at what St. Louis has done since he left. Look what Vegas has done since he arrived. Right. He, that's a, I agree, Frank, maybe down the road, the last few years of it could be ugly and that's fair. Um, and Panarin's what five years into his deal. So it's, it's very yeah, low I mean, chance. It's going to age poorly. pretty far down the road on his too. He's got three left. Yeah. So, oh well. yeah, it's a good one. Like there's there, you know, we always focus a lot on the bad ones. I think the teams that, that have good ones should get credit for. All right. Like and Zach Hyman, um, you know, Zach Hyman, the thing about Zach Hyman is he's improved since coming to Edmonton. It's not just because he plays with Connor McGavin. If anybody watches, what he works on. I had a lengthy chat with him about in like, he goes, Hey, 95% of my shots come from within 10 feet. So I've worked on all of that. Like he basically that, that play he does where he stands by the post to deflect. He kind of said, Hey, I got to do that on this team rather than just stand and screen the goalie, which is kind of the old school way of doing it. doesn't really work as well now. So, you know, he kind of incorporated something because he plays with elite passers to say, Hey, what can I do to help my game? And he's really good at making goalies move in tight. That's what he's focused on. How I get him moving. Cause if you can get goalies moving, you got a way better chance to score. Yeah. I can't even come up with another really, really good one. Well, there'll always be those guys who sign for a million bucks. Yeah. Uh, that doesn't, yeah. that doesn't count. I'm talking like a big boy. Like if you're the yeah, GM, four, you're putting your nuts on the table and you're, it's a 50 million plus deal. Yeah. Like those four would probably be, they could be hard to find better than those four. Vander Kane was a pretty good one. Yeah. Yeah, it's exactly. He's been, you know, yeah, he, he, he makes a little bit less than Hyman and Hyman's just, you know, being more productive. Kane, unfortunately injuries play a part in that for sure. I don't think he's as consistent. But given all that was surrounding Kane, the, the fact yeah. that someone took a chance on him, that's. Yes. 
Yeah, like it's paid off. It's paid off. Short of course. that, I it's it's a pretty short list. I can see a whole bunch of them that I'm like, nope, 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 not good, terrible, <laughs> awful. Well, that's why I always tell like every year, fans. I'm like, free agent shopping is usually where regret rather than elation is found. There's a whole bunch of good trades. Oh yes, like Jack but, Eichel trade, pretty good. Yep, trade. yep. I'm looking right here. Philip Peronic trade. He's the 250 highest, 253rd highest paid player in the league this year. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was a hell of a deal. All right. That is a uh, wrap. We went a bunch of different places there on fill in the blank. And as always, it's brought to you by DoorDash Ding Dong. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Speaking of the Blackhawks, Frank, I put out the tweet yesterday how the uh, the Blackhawks, due to injuries yesterday, uh, um, because they've got like 38 million bucks in 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 injuries, and most of it's to fours. They're just decimated with injuries up front. Uh, their their forward roster yesterday. Now they did go out and get Rem Pitlick, and so he'll probably be in the lineup for the next game. And they got but, Zach Sanford off waivers too. Yeah. So they had a combined cap hit of 13.9 million amongst their 11 Fords yesterday and found a way to defeat Calgary. Like that is a kick in the nards to Calgary. No question. Looked like a team that thought, Oh, we were just going to win. And that's why any night in the NHL, somebody can win. And, you know, I give the Blackhawks credit for that win, but man, it's going to be, it's going to be a pretty tough slog for them here down the, uh, the next month. Like it was hard enough, but now you throw in Bedard and you throw in Nick Felino on top of hall. And I Seth Jones is maybe coming back, but Oh, like it's, it's going to be, it's going to be an arms race, Frank, between them and the San Jose sharks, because the sharks have lost 11 in a row. Now they're going on a five game road trip. But here's the thing. Uh, not to say the sharks wouldn't, but the Blackhawks came by way of that number one pick last year, honestly, they didn't pull any punches. They had traded players away at the deadline to recoup assets, but they dressed their full lineup every night. They they won some key games down the stretch. Remember last year, they, they beat, beat Calgary. They beat Pittsburgh. Like two humongous wins in the last two weeks of the year. 
if they lose again this year and, and are in line for Macklin Celebrini, they, they'll have come by it honestly. It's not like they haven't tried to add pieces and warm bodies. I'm looking right here at their opening night lineup. They have five forwards left from opening <laughs> night. Five. Yeah. They're all eight hurt. of them are gone. Yeah. Eight of them are gone. And, and guess what? They're almost, they only have two guys left from their top six. And the, the other three guys are from their bottom six. Yeah. It's, it's been amazing. Like the run of injuries that they are having is amazing, but I'll say this, Frank, and you know, the Blackhawks hate to say it. They're probably a, a little bit happy because you know what? They weren't going to make the playoffs, even if they're fully healthy. So this is just securing a better, higher draft pick. There is I one. I don't even team think right- they're, I think they're concerned that they, they really are, don't have enough right now because they're decimating Rockford too. They're, yeah, I think well, they're no. in pure scramble mode to try and get players. Yeah, no, that's fair. But I think long-term it sticks with what their vision is. Yeah. It's more pain than they were expecting to have, but you look at them and then you compare it to the New Jersey devils and their injuries, Frank, it's probably going to cost them a playoff spot. Like they added Timo Meyer again, Jack Hughes is out. Siegenthaler blocks a shot. Now he's out. Like the New Jersey devils are in a dogfight for the playoff spot and they might lose it simply because they're decimated by injuries. Like, and it, like certain injuries hurt more. Like these are all top six forwards and top four defense when they're getting hurt in New Jersey. The Devils, I don't think properly analyzed really the issues that they'd have on defense saying goodbye to a couple key pieces. And we talked about this, but losing Severson, losing Graves, and then you have one key injury like they've had on the back end to start. And I'm not mentioning Siegenthaler, but you lose Dougie Hamilton. And, and all of a sudden you're down three of your top six. Like tell me how many teams can withstand that. And, and so I think, think about how different this team would look and, and you've got to make changes every year due to the nature of the cap. You're, you're going up and down in terms of salary cap hits. You've got to say goodbye. You can't keep everyone. And, and hindsight's always 2020, but how much better would this team look right now with Graves and with Severson picking up some of the slack for those guys that are out. Uh, well, I'm not losing thing. Siegenthaler. That's, but here's the thing. I'll give him credit because even with those guys gone or out in Siegenthaler and Hamilton, like Marino uh, Miller, like I really like Nemich and Hughes, but I said at the start, why I didn't have New Jersey as a, as a cup contender at the start of the year. I, I thought they'd make the playoffs was because I thought you can't win with that much youth on defense. They're I, like, I love Luke Hughes as a player. Like I think he's going to be dynamic. Like they showed a highlight reel as the, of course the Hughes brothers were all playing. And unfortunately Jack couldn't play on Saturday. They showed a highlight pack of Luke Hughes's goals. He's the best. Like, I think he might be a better shooter than Jack. Just as a pure finisher. Did you see his goals? He is sniping top shelf. He's beating goalies from distance a few times. I'm like, damn, like, yeah, I, he is, he is going to be so good. Like as great as Quinn Hughes is like in a few years, we might be talking that Luke is right there. Uh, there were some talk back at the draft that they think that, that Luke might be the best of the three. Oh, cause he, well, the one advantage he has is bigger, right? Like he's six, mm-hmm. two. The one advantage he has. Do you have like on a scale of one to 10 and, and I, it seems like they've been pretty fortunate in terms of this latest injury to Jack Hughes. What's your level of concern for him and just the, you know, his ability to withstand the rigors of a, of an 82 game season, 
He's already missed six games. I just, I, I don't want to say anyone's injury prone. Some of it's bad luck. But I, I always feel like watching him, and I can't get it out of my head that he's just one hit away. Is that a, is that unfair to say? Um, well, it's too bad because man, he was having a killer year. It's right? un, um, I mean unreal how good he was to start. Yeah, like you know he, he was he's like still has forty five points in thirty two games coming back from from the injury which cost yep. him a few games. So I look at um, he, I, I really. I'm a big believer in and when you go to the science and when science talks about bone density and how you keep building it and you know what? So he still at 22 years of age, he is a guy who I think can get stronger, build that. So it, it allows you to, to take the rigors of the NHL. Like I'm, I'm never surprised when I see teenagers and young guys get hurt. Sometimes, you know, they take a hit that doesn't look that hard, Frank, and their shoulders out. Well, like it's a man's game and you're getting, you know, 28, 29, 30 year old guys who are ripped. They're all in great shape. They're strong. And, you know, there's going to be something to give. So like Jack Hughes, I don't find plays a reckless game at all. Like I don't see him barreling into the middle. Like, you know, Taylor Hall early on was got injured because he was just so fast, and a little bit reckless. And then he, you know, he altered his game a bit, but Hughes, I don't like to think about it. I see what you're saying. So um, his injuries though, haven't been, from reckless play. So I think maybe it's bad luck. And then that can just change, right? All of a sudden, you know, in five years, we're like, Oh, Jack Hughes has missed two games. So, you know, that's that, what I, I hope. mean. That's what I'm hoping for. I'm obviously not. I just think at some point you have to ask the question. Yeah. Yeah. It's probably, it's valid. Like I look last year, he, he missed four games. Um, like really. And then the year before that was his big injury year, right? He missed like 33 games. I think it was. Yep. So um, he played all of them in the, uh, in the shortened season. So, you know, if, if you miss six or seven, like that's okay. It, it does become, you know, like Austin Matthews, you know, hopefully Matthews is done missing six, eight, 10 games. Like he has. Right. Cause I know that doesn't seem like a lot, but when you're trying to chase individual records and stuff and it can skew it, it really adds you know, where you finish. So it makes a big difference. Like six, eight games when you're talking the elite of the elite, that's the difference of finishing second to maybe finishing 10th. And if you think the the regular season is hard, the playoffs are even that much tougher. hundred percent. One, uh, one, one last one for you, Frank, on the, uh, um, you saw Max Pacioretty uh, pretty emotional. He gets his first point in Washington, talked about how difficult the last two years were. And he talked about, he feels the caps are a special group and to not lose that feeling. Like, I don't know if they can stay in it, Frank, but my God, they find what, like they beat the Kings, like a Kings are, you know, a good team. Like I give the caps credit. They find ways to beat teams. who don't think they should beat. Yeah. And, and look, um, I love the emotion because behind the scenes, it really was a really tough two years. Like you go oh, through yeah. the Achilles once and then you come back and you play four games and you, you rupture the same one again. And it's not really your fault. Um, that that's really those are two devastating injuries in the same spot. You know, I, I think at some point, even after the first one, you're thinking, can I even get back to the level that I want to get to? And then you have to wait a whole basically another year to do it again. That's that's tough. So certainly understand the emotion and um and how excited he is to be back and to contribute and how much it means to him. And I just think the, the caps have a finite window here. We're talking like 
three, four weeks to really get, get their act together. If not, I think Brian McClellan's going to have some really tough decisions to make at the deadline. Yeah, that's totally valid. And is Pacioretty one of those guys, if he's playing well, that could be on his way somewhere else? Yeah, fair point. Uh, Frank, before we go, did you win a prize in the Wendy's Daily Face-Off Survivor Pool? I did not. I did not make it to uh, to the final day. I finished uh, in 24th, I think. 24 out of right. 373. So, best, I mean, not your best showing, Frank. Your best it showing is, ever. but I, I'm, I'm, I'm already looking forward to this week. So, tonight, new week, new game. I'm going Nathan McKinnon to get a goal for the Colorado Avalanche tonight. Yes, go to dailyfaceoff.com. You'll see it right in the top right corner for uh, the uh, the survivor pool. And even if you haven't played, it's never too late to start. You get in, you can go on a heater, you can win the first prize. Of course, it's $5,000 cash to who's ever at the, the top survivor at the end of the year. There's all sorts of great uh, weekly prizes to be won as well. Frank is just waiting, hoping, praying that one day he will win the uh, French toast. I want some free food. I want yeah, some free food. French toast strips. That'll be great. So uh, go to dailyfaceoff.com and play the Wendy's Survivor Pool. Frank, have yourself a great week. Uh, we will chat with you later. Um, you know, good luck to Eagles fans. It'll be a tough few days in Philly. Hey, uh, Thursday, we'll talk. I've got my first trade targets board out, uh, out for the season on Tuesday. Tuesday will mark 60 days on the countdown. Got lots of great stuff coming at dailyfaceoff.com. Awesome. Love it. Look forward to it. Have a great week, everybody. Thanks for listening to the DFO Rundown with Saravali and Gregor. Keep it locked on dailyfaceoff.com and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. And let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? But there's more. You got to decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount. And that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's going to find the back of the net first. And you're going to want to be careful because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you got to predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? 
For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear, and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.